everybody, welcome back to uh, to Climate Transformed. Um, you know, we've done a lot of work in the voluntary carbon markets over the course of the last 12 to, 12 to 18 months. Um, and a lot of the conversations we've had to have have been a little uncomfortable about some of the deficiencies of the market as a whole. Um, so when I get to to sit down with um, with some old friends and some new friends to talk about something with unbridled optimism, it does uh, it does actually make my day. So um, so everyone, back in November, um, Senegal unveiled the first private sector investment to generate carbon credits under Article Six of the Paris Agreement. Uh, you know, Senegal has signed the agreement with uh, with Carbon Growth Partners, which is an Australian investment company, um, and also Swiss carbon project developer Alcott. Um, and now, under this agreement, the private sector investors, which is uh, which is Carbon Growth Partners, are taking the financial risk of the carbon project and allowing Senegal to negotiate what are so-called internationally transferred mitigation outcomes, or ITMOs, uh, which is under Article which is under Article uh, six point two. Um, this is a Transformational, a transformational deal, and it's the the interaction of the sort of the intersection of a public-private partnership. Um, and Steph and I were just talking prior to uh, prior to us getting on with everybody, and just talking about how there just needs to be, you know, a new collaborative approach to this, which which involves developers, uh, you know, people like Adisa at, uh, with the Senegal government, and obviously, you know, uh, project I'm sorry, asset managers as as well. Now we're waiting. We're still waiting for um, uh, for Alexi uh, Leroy Fra, who's the founder of Swiss project developer Orcot, to join us. He'll be with us in just a second. Uh, but I do have with us um, Steph, Steph Russo, who's the chief strategy officer at Carbon Growth Partners out of, and she's in Melbourne, Australia at the moment. Um, and Adisa Diata, who's from the National Integrated Waste Management Company of Senegal, um, who is who has joined us from uh, from from Davos. Is that right? Uh, I think you might be on. You just don't mute there, sir. Sorry. Yeah, uh, sorry, I was muted. Um, yes, uh, I just come from Davos. Yes, but right now I'm in Baden-Baden in Germany. Perfect. That's perfect. Okay. So, every I, I hope you're staying warm because that's uh, that doesn't sound like a very warm place to be. So, um, everyone, let's 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 dive in. Um, Adresa, why did why did you do this? Why did you do this transaction? Um, you know, um, let me maybe start with the history here yeah. it is not really about the transaction it is what how it happened uh, which is which is great which is a great story and we want this storytelling uh, because it is so inspiring um we were at the cup you know <laughs> this big um, event where uh, every kind of stakeholders are engaged and attending and then uh, i have to precise that when we were at the cup we were at with our partner Alcott, Alexis just joined. Uh, hi, Alexis. And um, with Alcott, Alcott um, Alexis called me and said to me, hey, I have met great guy. I think we have, we should have dinner with them. And then, um, and then the dinner happened. And where, where, when we were at the table, um, everybody was, was talking about everything was happening in the carbon markets and every issue and how uh, African country is dealing with that. And what we discover is that we are sharing the same values and we have the same state of mind and boom, magic happens. That's, that, 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 that's the thing. And, and the takeaway here is that when you have the, the good person at the very good moment in the best place, magic can happen. And that's what exactly happened really. So this is not the, the, the willing to want to do a transaction this is the willing to move things forward with the with the the, the good 
person having the same state value, the same state of mind and sharing the common values to move things forward. Because we're talking about really mitigating uh, emissions. We are talking about uh, attending, um, uh, reaching the minus 1.5 degrees Celsius. We're talking about creating wealth and um, um, really engaging community to, to, to go through our, uh, throughout poverty. So we are talking about of kind of the subject and People like Carbon Growth and Alcott help us as Sonajed uh, to like really have the opportunity to put projects which has a great impact for the community. That's the that's the main uh, core core issue here. Great. Um, yeah. Sorry, Steph, please. I was just going to say I think Nadrissa makes a really good point about you know I think this kind of transaction really did start from a partnership perspective. You know, a lot of the focus at COP. Um, in Egypt was really around, um, you know, it was called the implementation COP, but also the African COP. And a lot of the focus was on the idea that even though the Paris Agreement was, you know, more than five years into its implementation, a number of things were yet to be agreed. There were still details to be worked out. And one of the really big kind of discussions was about loss and damage, the dynamics between developed and developing countries. And there was a lot of, as happens in those events when you have 30,000, you know, people in one place, a lot of it was discussion. And I think that Allcott and Sonajet and ourselves came together around, you know, how can we start to, even if, you know, this is a relatively small transaction, um, how can we demonstrate some leadership and some action to actually have things that we can point to to say, you know, this isn't just all kind of talk and negotiations, which is often what UN forums become. They're very important to set those foundations. But, you know, a lot of discussion about where can government and government organisations play? What role does the private sector play and how do they partner with governments? And where, you know, do um, project developers exist? And so I think that's quite unique about, you know, the partnership. And for us, you know, we see the impact of being able to support these and take and, you know, an early risk position to support the development of those markets and also really tangible action coming out of climate frameworks. But, yeah, it didn't start in some places. You start with a transaction and shop it around. I think we started with a kind of like-minded position and looking for what the opportunities were to really demonstrate some leadership, particularly at COPPA, some tangible outcomes there, which, um, you know, it's nice to have something to point to coming out of those of, you know, this is a, a position and an opportunity that other partners can take advantage of and other countries can look at, you know, the private sector as a partner as they're trying to deliver their climate ambition. Um, Alexi, do me, do me a favour and just walk through um, the structure of the transaction. What makes the transaction so unique? Um, and walk through the logistics of what is actually being undertaken here. Uh, hi, Paul, and sorry for, for being late. Hi, everyone. Uh, but so I'd like to go back to the genesis uh, of the of, of the transaction uh, because this this actually started in Kasovice. Uh, so you know when when Steffi echoes on you know we're, we're five six seven years after Paris you know those things are dragging on and basically we were. In Katowice, we start to understand, you know, what could happen with ITMO. We uh, we realize that. Uh, so, for those who don't know, you know, it's International Transferable uh, Mitigation Outcome uh, Article Six Two, and it's really a system of compensation between countries. So, 
uh, a country will uh, uh, sell to the other country the, the, the right of an emission reduction. Uh, and we started working on that uh, uh, as early as uh, uh, after the, the, the Katowice uh, in Senegal, who was always a, uh, an early player in, in, in carbon mechanism. Uh, and we were looking at how to structure that, that deal. And because it was a country-to-country -country transaction, it made it very complicated. We had to jump through a lot of hoop. So, um, uh, you know, before we, we finally sat down with, with, uh, uh, with carbon growth, you know, there has been already four years of uh, wishing and trying to, to get things done, but always being... Uh, um, uh, against the uh, administration labor rather than the implementation labor. Uh, and just before COP, we, we had a, uh, an atelier in, in Senegal uh, with Sonajet and other stakeholders where, you know, we questioned the government uh, and saying, you know, the deal that was made with, with the previous countries are not giving much, really. Uh, they're just the promise of an uptake, but nobody's empowering us. Nobody's giving us the money to uh, implement the project. Nobody is giving us the money to build the capacity uh, with the local talents in order to manage the project. And the only thing is, uh, you know, again, somehow almost a neo-colonialist approach, you know, of uh, uh, buying a product rather relatively cheap compared to value. And our experience with the private market uh, is very different because, uh, you know, while uh, you know we're, we're eight years after Paris, the private sector still managed to implement you know a lot of projects, various methodologies, uh, and and uh, and business is, is swifter. So when we met with uh, with Carbon Growth, it was a, a, a first launch when uh, we were sharing view uh, and uh, expressing a bit of uh, frustration at the beginning of the COP because once again you know there was a a lot of conversation and very little action, in spite of being the Action Cup and the, uh, the African Cup. And um, the, 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 the Carbon Growth asked us, okay, so what type of project do you think, you know, uh, where the private sector could make a difference and unlock the situation? And immediately, uh, the, the project that was crafted uh, with Sonajet came to mind. Uh, just to remind everybody, it's a project that uh, aims to... Uh, uh, deal with uh, organic waste in 20 secondary cities in Senegal. The average of emission reduction of those projects is about 35,000 tons. Uh, so uh, it's not enormous, but those are tons which have corresponding adjustment and a great impact. And we know for a fact today that uh, even if it's uh, unfortunately uh, still a buyer's market, speculatively, uh, while it should be really a seller's market, Countries like Singapore are ready to pay $35 to $40 a ton, so that's significant income yearly. The, the, the capex for those projects is about $1 million, and the opex is $300,000 a year. And immediately, Carbon Growth said, well, you know, let's, let's, let's involve you know, the private sector in the, in the program, and uh, they stood up to the occasion and gave the opportunity of, so of uh, financing uh, you know, for for uh, midterm, the the OPEX, which gives the luxury of time until the market finally gets back to its senses, and we can sell by that time probably higher than the price indicated previously from Singapore. And the other factor on those projects and why they are so important is that the 35 ton of CO2 granted 
are a great financial security, but behind that, you're generating 55,000 tons of compost yearly, which allow you to create, for instance, permaculture projects and therefore have a food security for those secondary projects. And it also allows to do a, a waste selection. Most of the, 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 the waste that comes with the organic, which is unorganic, is plastic. So you also have a third line of activity without counting co-benefits so such health. And one of the things also that was extraordinary uh, and which really highlight uh, how magic can happen, as uh, Idrissa well says, when like-minded people are sitting down, is that, uh, you know, from the very early stage, the different parties started crafting an impact fund from the revenue uh, to help the local communities that live around that project uh, and uh, the, the ambition to do more. Uh, I've never experienced in 14 years in in uh, in that industry uh, something similar, and uh, it's uh, it's truly magical. It's wonderful, um, Andresa. What um, what you know? You've got there's an, an additional two million dollar payment that's that uh, is coming from the funding from from Carbon Growth Partners. Um, but so tell me a little bit about um, what what. The, what you will do with that that capital, and what you'll do with the twenty uh, the twenty million dollars in in total, um, and so I know that obviously Alexi has alluded to some of these programs, but talk a little bit about in a little bit more depth about what does what does a twenty million dollar commitment do, um, you know, for you know for for uh, but, you know for modernising a lot of the processes that will be modernised through through this program. Thank you, Paul, um, for the question. So, um, first of all, I have to 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 say that it comes uh, in the right moment, because um, Senegal government just like uh, have this update, a muta an institution muta mutation for waste management. Um, the the president said that um, uh, she wanted Senegal zero waste. So we have this vision, a political vision for making Senegal zero waste. But what we have to understand uh, within this vision and how to translate that, the government then creates uh, from um, UCG, which was the national entity uh, uh, governing the waste management and UCG was just a unit institutionally to be a private a private company, a national private company, which is a hybrid status, where um, uh, this national and private company um, is enough strong to build international partnership and having leveraging this type of investment to have impact and um, uh, towards this Senegal zero 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 this year or zero waste. So, and 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 what you have to know is that Sonajet like represents. Um, uh, UCG, the former UCG represents just 40% of what Sonajet is because Sonajet is really focusing on solid waste, whether it's in, in the sea, in the air or uh, everywhere from even oil and gas, um, uh, uh, waste from oil and gas, uh, production because Senegal have discovered that we have discovered that we have oil and gas. Um, so uh, what it means that the challenges are, are, are great. And this project, this project comes in um, a particular moment where uh, we were need to, 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 to go and lead by example and having a uh, project investment. And if, if I deep dive the project, um, we have three main components of the project. The first component is naturally building the waste management system dedicated to organic waste uh, for feeding the compost plant. 
and Alex is have talking about everything we will I mean like the production and creating in the whole value chain and more than hundreds of jobs and going through the circular economy perspective um and the second component will be really digitizing all the value chain and because we are putting DMRV in the center of 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 of, of this project and we have back we have in the background and in the mind mapping uh to build uh, what we what we so called smart and carbon neutral cities pro- program uh, with uh, the Carbon Foundation and Alcott because in perspective in the perspective we want the cities to go wise and green uh, wise because it's not smart for being smart it is smart for taking into in, into integrating um, uh, local um, reality uh, within um, uh, 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 within the project and having impact. So the projects have to be wise and, and green naturally because we are targeting a carbon neutral uh, um, perspective. So the second component of the project will really digitizing things and having all this blockchain involved, all the digital MRV involved in order to make it really quality, high quality uh, emission reduction, uh, integrating all, all the need. And the third one, uh, the third components will be capacity building. Um, uh, capacity building uh, in in the uh, 360-100 way, uh, institutional capacity building, uh, capacity building for, for women and, and gender equality, capacity building for, for, for the community, and which will really involve um, everything we will need in the value chain and every stakeholder, uh, relevant stakeholder to take advantage of, of, of this. We want to inspire because we will duplicate all this in at the national level. So we have our, our NDC, and in the NDC we have targeted um, the organic waste as um, um, a, a, a real pillar to mitigate methane, as well as all the solid waste which can like have the impact in in, in the carbon emissions. So uh, this is the main this is the main uh, components of the projects, and yes, definitely on the carbon mechanism uh, transaction perspective. So we have to, we will manage to organize all these and putting the digital as well in the heart of the system, so it can make it transparent and it can as well uh, put forward everything we we have uh, uh, planned in this within this project. Got it. Um- Steph, walk through, um, you know, because this is a collaboration between public and private, the public sector and the private markets, um, the inev- there is an inevitable question I have to ask about the economics of the, tra- the, economics of the transaction because I think it's, and it's an important question to ask because um, it's, it's a practical question in terms of, because this is, you know, as we've all alluded to, it's a relatively small transaction, but the significance is what the transaction is, right? So, you know, so the question I will get to eventually is the scalability of this going forward, not just in other parts of Senegal, but to, to be a global, a global sort of um, product that people can replicate. Um, so talk a little bit about how the economics works, um, the credit, you know, the credits that are issued, what happens to those credits? Um, was the forward pricing, for example, priced off what Sing- what Alexi was saying? Was it priced off Singapore, Singapore model or something like that? So talk a little bit about how the economics works, and we'll get into the scalability in a second. Sure. So um, I think Alexi had touched on a little bit about the economics in that, you know, this is the commitment has been to the first $2 million, part of which, which is used for the first CapEx for the first site. And the other proportion is used for the first three years of the operating costs of that facility, leading to a 20 million investment um, program over time. 
And built into that is the scalability. And so the $2 million is to support the first site in Senegal with the idea that that would be um, ramped up to eight to 10 sites in the next couple of years. Um, and I think part of the, you know, the um, uniqueness of the transaction is while there is an embedded price that we've used in our assessment of the economics, um, we haven't, it's not a traditional off-take deal in that we haven't invested the $2 million for um, access to all of the returns. There is a profit-sharing arrangement in place, which is really important, I think, to this idea of the fairness and the participation of parties in the agreement. And so while we've based our um, analysis on the price of carbon in Singapore, for example, through their Article um, 6 agreements and and what they're willing to pay for these carbon credits, there's also additional revenue that comes from the compost and also the plastic. Um, so there's multiple revenue streams that will come back. Obviously, we're very interested in supporting the carbon components, but as Adrissa said, um, waste is a very large priority for Senegal, and so we're conscious of um, ensuring that any carbon market um, supports what you know broader development um, um, ambitions there. And so there is sharing in place between um, at once the credits are issued, um, they will be sold into and while they have um, the corresponding adjustments and so they would be eligible to be used as an ITMO, um, we haven't predetermined what market those credits will be sold into. And part of that is maintaining the flexibility for them to be sold into Article 6.2 markets, so where there are bilateral agreements in place between Senegal and other parties. Um, as 6.4 markets um, are finally implemented and some of those details that weren't resolved at COP are finalised, there will be the opportunity to sell those into Article 6.4 and making sure that they meet the eligibility requirements there. Or as the voluntary carbon market continues to expand, opportunities for them to be used by private sector and corporates. And so one of the things that I think is um, important about it is maintaining that flexibility and rather than predetermining the sale and price of these credits, because it is a relatively new market in selling Article 6.2 um, and ITMOs to allow that to be sold into essentially um, securing the highest price for those carbon credits. They could be very high quality credits. They're backed by um, the Senegal government. They have the corresponding adjustments attached to them. And so as markets develop and we're still seeing compliance in the international market and voluntary carbon markets evolving over time and maturing, there's an opportunity to leverage the highest price from those credits. So, um, sorry, sorry to interrupt, Steph, but haven't you just haven't you just commenced the process of the merger between compliance and compliance markets and the voluntary markets? Isn't, is, isn't this the first step towards the inevitability of, of merger between the two? I think there will be um, convergence between the markets and we're already starting to see that. So we're starting to see um, voluntary carbon credits being able to be used within compliance schemes and international credits being able to be used um, within compliance schemes or government-backed schemes. Um, what that looks like and the requirements there, um, that's continuing to evolve. So one of the big conversations has been around whether or not corresponding adjustments are required for um, voluntary carbon credits and use in the voluntary market. And so these will have corresponding adjustments which really maximise the flexibility of the markets that they can be sold into. So there is that convergence happening. 
Um, I think we're still some way away from them being one single interoperable market internationally. And I think the negotiations at COP um, have really demonstrated that. So Article 6.2, which is around those bilateral and multilateral decisions, um, progressed quite significantly to allow those to become operational. There are still a number of questions about Article 6.4 markets, which are really the more interoperable international markets and the rules that need to be defined there. But yes, there is increasing convergence between the voluntary um, and the compliance markets. And, you know, that's part of the reason that we are and we have been traditionally an investment manager in the voluntary carbon market, although we call it the verified carbon market, um, different ways to participate and support international markets. Got it. Um, Alexi, is, you know, Obviously, I think you've, you know, state the obvious, you've got wonderful partners in, in Senegal as part of this. Um, I'm sure, and I've been trying to work out how to, how to word this question. Um, are the limitations of doing this elsewhere purely political? Or would, let's actually, let's put an optimistic spin on it. What was the, what was the, why was Senegal the first government to embrace a program like this? Um, so, so, um... You know the, the the code name for <laughs> between us for this uh, for this transaction was confidence, uh, and it's very relevant. You know because we we uh, uh, we approach this as uh, uh, the private sector uh, as an enabler uh, for confidence for the South to uh, you know seek fair transaction, and uh, when we mean fair transaction is. Um, Taking on the assumption that you know carbon, whether it's uh, you know a mitigation outcome or an effective carbon credit, regardless of the standard, uh, are you know should really be a plateau to to enable the the rewiring of of the economy and uh, uh, also promoting a, a fairer society. Um, and and we've been working on those projects for a long time with Senegal, as I mentioned before. You know we started in Katowice. Uh, and and uh, uh, Senegal, uh, well, although Africa in general, you know, didn't really um, benefit from Kyoto overall and the and the carbon market as much as uh, uh, you know Asia did or Latin America. Uh, just you know, for historical memory, under the the Kyoto era, the first producers of carbon credit was uh, no surprise there China, second best uh, India, but the third country was uh, Brazil. Uh, so much so that carbon credit at some point was the the, the 16th uh, export product uh, from Brazil. Uh, but Africa never really, you know, got into that that uh, uh, Kyoto mentioned. So uh, with the Paris Agreement, uh, and the, the thing that I love about Africa is that when it moves, it moves very fast. Uh, so through through the West African Alliance and the uh, there has been a lot of capacity building, very, very uh, clear idea on what they wanted and what they didn't want. Um, and and uh, the definition of programs, uh, like the one that uh, was defined by Sonajet over the, the, uh, the waste, uh, is, is such uh, uh, you know, a front runner that uh, I, I uh, and Idrissa allow me on that one, but uh, you know, there, there's already uh, neighbors and the, the whole West African basin is. Uh, you know, keen in developing that program. So I think that there is two main uh, uh, barriers, or three actually. The first one is 
the confidence. One should have confidence and the South should have confidence in the, in, uh, the positioning and the importance of uh, what they have to offer under the Paris era. Uh, the, the second is, of course, the, the um, uh, political awareness so that it allows the agency to work on ambitious programs, disruptive programs. And uh, if you look at the percentage of uh, waste treatment in Africa, you know, to have this type of project at scale is, is truly disruptive in, in a very positive way. And, and of course, all of this is only possible if uh, you can have the finance to do that. And uh, I would say uh, uh, fair and sustainable finance, because uh, the, 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 the great uh, thing about this, uh, this uh, program that we're doing uh, all together, the three of us, is to have the luxury of time, you know, to have uh, your OPEX finance while you're, 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 you know, you're using the CapEx to implement the project is something very unique. So it allows us to basically show that it works, uh, wait for the markets to mature, and also to invite other countries to follow. Mm. Um, Therese, I, I look at this, again, I look at this transaction, <coughs> and again, not diminishing it in any way, shape, or form, but it's a $20 million, $20 million transaction as part of a you know, $100 trillion global narrative to decarbonize the world, right? So you know we you know we have, we here at Climate Transformed have often talked about and we we use this statement a lot of where are the billion dollar checks you know if the voluntary carbon markets for example were you know are this you know, are this incredibly positive thing for the world that um, and a, and a wonderful bridge to a decarbonized future where are the the billion dollar checks from the likes of the sovereign wealth funds of Saudi Arabia or from Abu Dhabi, or from Norway, or the or Yale University. Um, so, if I think about you know again, not obviously not knowing the, the issues in Senegal in anywhere near the depth that you do, I've got to think that twenty twenty million dollars is a very good start, right? Um, what are you thinking about in terms of the scale of your own personal and you know your your ambitions and the, and uh, the ambitions of the Senegal government to get to where you need to be? What do you think that capital is to get to where you need to be or where you want to go? Um, great question. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I know it's an impossible question. Sorry, but please. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you know, you know. I mean, uh, you have to know that in Senegal we are really at the early stage of um, uh, industrializing waste management, and as um, Alexi was saying, the rate. Um, the, uh, our, our really big issue is to increase the rate of weight collection. So um, um, be, before talking about treatment, you have to like uh, every everybody um, have to access the, the waste uh, management system, which is um, uh, a very huge issue in Senegal in particular, uh, in, in, in Africa in particular in Senegal. We are trying, if I talk about like the rate, uh, Dakar is the capital of Senegal. Like we are around 80% of, 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 of collection rate. But when you go outside the Dakar, it's my, it's around 40. We are making really real progress. So do you know, so you know that, um, in this perspective, the, the, the scope is big and the challenges are, are, are big. So having this particular project to, 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 to pilot, um, 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 a vision. Is, is great for us. And, and yes, definitely, I cannot put a number on, on how how big the scale is in, in terms of billions, but maybe um, what I want to target is here is 
we need the private sector to be involved in. And I, I have made this narrative to, 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 to the COP where I was saying people are putting trillions of, 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 of dollar uh, in, in the metaverse or to go to Mars. Uh, and this is private sector who is doing that. Uh, so uh, why um, in this perspective where we're saying we are saving the planet, put billions to save the planet. And I mean, it makes sense for us. And, and we are talking about profitable businesses because we are talking about composting. We are talking about making um, gas and electricity from waste, uh, organic waste treatment. So it is uh, really sustainable businesses. Um, Senegal uh, make high priority waste management in, in its politics of development and uh, community-based oriented. Um, and we we want really, uh, right now, we have the chance um, to leverage uh, around uh, 40, no, uh, 300 uh, million USD to make infrastructure, but it, is, it was not in the design on uh, climate oriented. And it, it comes from like um, uh, um, investors like the World Bank or the French um, uh, agency or the Spanish, etc. But what we want to, to do right now is to really enhance and build the capacity even for our uh, local and Senegalese private sector uh, towards, towards, towards this because they have to to know and to do, uh, as I was saying, uh, the capacity building is critical here. Uh, and and for sure, waste management is a priority, and it is a big pillar to leverage and 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 mitigate um, um, uh, um, emission reductions for sure. And in particular, in in methane, and having at the same way a great imp local impact for 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 the inhabitants and for the communities. And for sure, we are trying to have this twenty million done. But yes, definitely we are seeking for more and more and more and more. And, and with the leadership and leading by example, I think we can uh, scale it uh, very, very, very quickly. And on the other hand, Sonajet want to play a key role in West Africa. We are starting to talk with the Gambia. Uh, we, have, we are starting to talk with Ghana, uh, the, the Guinea, Guinea-Bissau, Guinea-Conakry. Guinea and, and we are, you know, in this, in this mindset that we want to Senegal to be a hub for disruptive and, and innovative approach in the waste management sector for the West Africa and even for Africa. And this narrative, I have, I was talking about Ghana to say, you know that we have the expertise, we know that we have, we might not have the technology, uh, but we have the expertise and we have to build partnership, strong partnership uh, to, to move forward. That's what um, of this reason I'm in Baden-Baden because we are, we are potentially talking about in partnership uh, with a technical provider to have the specific methane technology uh, which was certified and having all the credential to 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 move it to africa and and uh, going uh, forward uh, with building it from africa to the to west to, to senegal and to the west africa so the challenges are great now, if it's any if it's any consolation, one of my favourite startup energy companies, um, which actually is an Australian-based company, their motto is that Mars is for quitters. So I'm with you on the I'm with you on the I'm with you on that completely. So, um, Steph, obviously the sorry, sorry, please, Steph, go ahead. No, I was just going to say I'm happy to jump in on the you know where are the billion dollar. That's was that's where I was going. So please. Yeah, I mean, on one level, it is. You know, there's a number of factors of what's preventing some of those large kind of tickets coming in. Um, but I think uh, Alexi touched on it before, you know, when our unofficial kind of title for this project, when we're working together about it being a confidence initiative, you know, for 
large, you know, sovereign wealth funds or pension funds or institutional investors to be coming into a market, particularly at scale, um, and particularly a market that's policy-driven. So it's driven by both government and corporate policies. Government policies are changing, you know, the way that the market operates and the opportunities there. And corporate policy, when you're thinking about the voluntary carbon market, is really shaping the end-user buyers who are the kind of ultimate, um, I guess, users or off-takers of carbon credits. There's been a lot of kind of noise in the market, um, and some of that noise is obviously warranted as you start to see scale in, in markets. There's a lot more um, attention and participation in those markets. We're seeing a lot more diversity in the types of participants. You know, if you went back only a couple of years in the voluntary carbon market, you know, it was mostly a market between project developers um, directly with end-user off-takers. And there are a lot more investment managers like ourselves, interest from institutional investors, the finance sector more broadly getting involved and participating in those markets. But a lot of that kind of uncertainty or some of the noise around that and also what the market will look like, you know, five, ten years into the future really starts to prevent people um, coming in at scale. And one of the things, and, I, and I've seen there's a, a, there's a question that's been posted around, I guess, you know, the additionality of the project and financially, financial sustainability, you know, not having that confidence for um, many really large-scale investors, particularly this is a quite early-stage project. You know, this is the first um, of these waste production facilities that will be implemented in Senegal and scaled over time. That sustain financial sustainability is not immediate. Um, and will take a number of years and also, you know, depends on the ability to sell carbon credits into international markets. And that's not going to be for everybody. Not everyone will have the same, not every investor will have the same confidence investing in Senegal, for example. Um, and one of the challenges often in the carbon market is that the where our large carbon storages are and where a lot of those opportunities are at scale are also in places that sovereign investors historically may have, um, you know, seen as high sovereign risk. Um, and so part of it is providing the confidence in the policy environment and the regulatory environment and also, you know, governments playing a role, not only supporting action on climate change, but also supporting creating environments internationally that allow people to invest with that confidence and invest early because we need to be bringing more projects into the supply chain um, and that takes investment, you know, um, much earlier. So there might be a lot of, um, you know, opportunities in scale for spot carbon credits um, and the trading of those, but actually, you know, looking for investors who are willing to go further forward in that pipeline and looking at origination or project finance, that's still an emerging um, space. And so we hope that by taking, you know, yes, this is a kind of small transaction in the grand scheme of the trillions of dollars that are needed for, for climate action, that demonstrating these business models and opportunities is something that then can be replicated in other places internationally and that we can bring other investors on board. So, you know, we're always really happy and interested to have other people and other investors coming into deals and not doing that exclusively so everyone can get comfortable and scale that up over time. Um, and as part of this partnership, we're looking at working with, you know, um, you know, other investors and bringing them into that so that this is a learning experience for everyone and then we can look at where that can be scaled and replicated over time. 
Sorry, a bit of a long answer. No, no, there, no, 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 Steph. I think I think thought so. it was, I thought it was I, worth I trying to tie that together with the Q and A, and you know what, you know, it's bigger than obviously just having that confidence. You know, it's one of the big challenges that we're dealing with in climate action is how do you start to get um, money, you know, channeled in at scale. Um, it's been one of the failures, I think, when you look at the Paris Agreement, particularly um, with a lot of the commitments between governments in that money flowing, um, and these things need to be financed. Um, but the private sector, I think, is beginning to um, participate more in those. And, you know, we've been having conversations with institutional investors who are, you know, have the appetite to start really investing at scale. And, you know, we've seen a number of announcements in the last couple of months of, you know, pretty serious money, still not in the trillions, um, but starting to get there and scaling. So, um, so I want to just jump in uh, to the question about additionality. Um, um, and, and uh, you know, the, the additionality question is to, to, to figure out um, with the reference. So um, uh, when we talk about additionality, depending on the business as usual, and I was just saying that here the challenge is, um, is the collect- increasing the collection rate. Uh, so, you, you know, we are far beyond uh, like having um, these uh, facilities which help, will help us uh, mitigate emission reductions, uh, talking about waste management. So um, when, when I was talking about the, 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 the profitability and the sustainability of the business, um, it is in the business model and how we have we build it. And having this new revenue stream, which we can call uh, the carbon the carbon transaction, uh, for me, it's um, uh, on top of revenue stream. Uh, additionally, to the uh, business casual business business model, is um, uh, kind of securing a, a little bit if the, the the classic waste management treatment business model is not working. And and you, we have to know that in the waste business model, generally, um, if you don't have a collection fee, you know it is it is not good. So, so, so it, it it won't work. So, um, what we're trying to do is uh, learning by uh, learning by doing process where um, all the business uh, the business model overall is sustainable, and then afterwards having this uh, uh, revenue stream which can be used to 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 increase um, uh, um, the 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 profitability and then to have impact for for, for the community uh, and the other side. And naturally, uh, co-benefiting the climate because we are talking about methane uh, mitigation. Uh, that what that that was what I was wanting to add uh, to the additionality question. Right. Thank Sorry. you. Uh, um, Alexi, when uh, you were thinking about this in the early stages, um, did you think about this in the context of that you wanted to work with a government like Senegal to solve? several numerous problems that they may have as everybody every government does or did you think about this through a waste management lens and you went to senegal because they had a specific waste management problem and the reason i the reason i worded that way is when i think about scaling this great model right are you going to mexico are you going to brazil are you going to indonesia and say let us solve a slew any of the problems that you may have or are you going to particular countries that have a particular issue that you think should be addressed? Uh, oh, well, thank you. That's a, that's a tricky one. Uh, first, I think there's, there's a, you know, it's, it's a market that's constantly evolving. So it's very difficult to have a permanent plan because um, 
it there's a, you know as Steph was saying there's a political agenda there's a corporate agenda uh, we leave also the rhythm of government I think Mexico is a quite good dramatic example on that you know uh, uh, you know it has the capacity to to just by solar energy it could feed uh, into the American grid and yet you know uh, uh, God forbid you, you talk bad about Pemex uh, in in the Mexican uh, territory. Um, mm. You know, so 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 that's a tricky part, and it's it's very complicated to uh, uh, to be so affirmative as you can focus on one specific area. But um, you can you can, and you know, many of the issues are are, are similar, and that's what I like about. Uh, the South and the opportunity uh, to work as, as a, you know, a grain of salt into, into empowering the South is that many of the problems you, that you can see in Africa, you will uh, uh, see them echo in, in Latin America or some area in Asia Pacific. And more than going on a, uh, a methodology or a, uh, a specific sector like waste uh, or uh, uh, conservation or restoration or uh, energy efficiency, you know, cook stove, uh, for instance. It's about creating a relationship of trust with the government and not just the, the, the federal government, but also the people who work in the administration. Because if it's true that you have that political agenda, usually the people who work in administration remain more or less the same. So when you build that, that relationship of trust, and that you also create that capacity building on the extraordinary opportunity of the Paris Agreement. I mean, you know, 80% of the green gas uh, house emissions are coming from the G20s. Most of those countries have extraordinary pledge, uh, and most of those countries have a structural abatement cost that is quite high uh, and that make the World Bank claim for $75 to $100 average to meet the 1.5 degree goal possible. Uh, if you took about the United States, for instance, you know, and uh, uh, I'm, I'm always amazed uh, uh, if you go to Miami or Florida, if you go to California, Santa Barbara, you still have poles with cables on electricity. So in order to reduce, you know, their emission by 50%, and we're talking about, you know, a bulimia of energy and consumism, um, there's no time and money to get there. So they are going to need carbon credit. So the first step is to say, you know, you, you, you uh, countries of the South, Senegal, uh, Colombia, Mexico, you have this incredible opportunity of a lifetime to rewire everything because the North to comply with their Paris Agreement obligation and commitment are going to need carbon credits and they're going to need them by the millions. And that's what uh, I hope uh, will allow the invitation of uh, you know, carbon growth to have other investors to come to the table to really unlock the trillion. And those trillions might not come from government at first because you know, uh, public money is never too brave and often very shy. But if the private money uh, really act as this enabler uh, of the South, then at some point it will be what will feed the North to comply with its obligation, and you know they are legally binding. Mm. Does that um, team? I'll, I'll put this out to, to everyone. Um, because these are under under six point two initially, does that mean there's no registries involved? 
I, I if you want, I'll you know, I'll I'll start it with that. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, at the moment, you know, there the 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 big issue is on the on the MRV uh, uh, that we have, and one of the the the, the, the crazy uh, thing in our industry is that every you know most of the countries came out with NDCs. Most of those NDCs were financed by you know organism agencies and others with consultants and there is very few capacities that remain in the countries where those ndcs were drafted and one of the things that you know fascinated me uh, and it's also part of the magic uh, about this program is that part of the conversation is also how do we build in the project dmrv uh, you know digital monitoring verification process that will allow the countries to create their own registries an accounting system on those emission reduction. Uh, so, you know, uh, beyond the whole impact of the project, there's also a, uh, a capacity building and legacy that will remain on the program, at least for the organic waste treatment and any other program that we might develop together or not uh, in the future in the area. Right, but but again, again, I go, I bring up the point again. I'm not I'm not going to be critical of the of the registries here, but that is a, one of the criticisms of the VCM um, is the slow the slow nature of getting things registered. Can I, I assume if there's no registration process, then pretty much this can be done you know, very very quickly. The the issue of the credits can be done incredibly quickly. Is that is that the correct way to think about it, Steph? Is that am I thinking about it the right way? Yes, I mean I think it's not necessarily that the project wouldn't be registered. I think what it is is that we're building um, we're building the project, the MRV, the validation and verification, as and the process that that will go through as the Article 6.2 and 6.4 um, uh, requirements evolve. And so with 6.2, there's been some clarity around what is required. It's really kind of largely determined on a bilateral basis. Um, you know, there are requirements for um, anything that has a corresponding adjustment will need to be ins ensure that it is incorporated within, you know, Senegal's um, inventory. And, you know, that's where some of the capacity building comes in into place. And Adrissa can talk about that as well. So it's not that the project won't be registered. Um, but at the moment, there isn't that interoperable um, one registry that would allow you to have um, different carbon credits. Um, that could be used for 6.2, 6.4, et cetera. Um, but one of the things that particularly the Global South and many countries are looking at there is in the absence of having, you know, the 6.4 kind of meta registry and there is some work being done by the World Bank there, how can you leverage the infrastructure of the voluntary carbon market to make sure that, you know, we're going through appropriate methodologies and registration processes? It may be that the project ends up being registered with Vera, for example, is one of the, you know, registries out there to provide that kind of third-party assurance with the, you know, and they're looking at having tags around corresponding adjustments. So, you know, um, countries are thinking about how do they leverage the existing infrastructure in the absence of, um, you know, everybody needing to put in place that infrastructure themselves. So it's not that the project won't be registered. You know, we see a huge amount of value in the verification and validation processes. And particularly as there, you know, with this narrative around quality, integrity and carbon markets, it's just that at the moment to maximise the pathway into 6.2, 6.4 or the voluntary carbon market, there are a few different approaches um, that we can take. And so we're making sure 
and you know Alcon is really the leader on the the carbon side of this in terms of the MRV and validation and those sorts of things um, but making sure that that leaves the options available to us um, to ensure that they can meet the requirements as they evolve over time and I think this is going to be a pretty pivotal 12 months particularly around Article 6 and bedding down some of those requirements. So at the same time as we're starting to implement the project, we're putting in place all of the methods and requirements to make sure that there is, you know, that that process that it goes through rather than having a kind of unregistered or unvalidated kind of carbon credit because those processes are, are really important. Got it. Um, Patricia, I'm going to leave the final final word to you. Um, and I'll start with this. What does, what does the future hold for your climate ambitions with, with, with programs such as this? Um, the question is for me? For you. Okay, great. Um, um, uh, so I, I just wanted to add something in the question of, uh, of, the, of the registry, and this is one of the, the, the magic here. What we're talking about is when we talk about a disruptive approach, uh, it integrates the challenges and the scientific challenges we, 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 we are in. And we, we count on the expertise as soon as you just know to handle waste, manage waste. That's what we what we know. That's the, our job. And and all court here is uh, like the expertise of of carbon and having everything related to climate and how we calculate things and really um in and engage and and know how the methodology are working. And and we are partnershiping because uh, they add this in the, in the project. So they are not just here to to, to let us uh, buy our own, but they are in the in, in the conception and the design of the projects. And what is great here is that we are going from scratch and having this experience in the background to build things up. So the project will have two parts. The first part is the preparation phase where we, we will look at it and we just start it and having all this calculation, all this needing, etc. Because we are talking about Article 6 and get, get us the flexibility to go through uh, 6.2 or 6.4. Anyway, at a certain point, we have our we have to follow the rules. Yeah. So uh, definitely integrating into that and like having move things forward because it is an, the ambition to let them know that we have the methodologies, we have things, but we can have a process where it is a bottom-up process where we, we come from the ground and we, we take the reality. We have the, the, the standards which are which exist, but at a certain point, we will figure out and we will like uh, show to everybody that it's possible to do the reverse uh, instead of uh, pu putting uh, um, uh, yourself in a, a certain frame and go for it. So that's what I wanted to add. And this is the part of the challenges we have in the project. That's why it is very amazing and exciting. And 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 the the the, the future here is, I will say it, I will formulate a, a, a sentence like this. Um behaving echo to put echo in the pocket of the local communities. This is the this is the dream. Echo for eco responsibility and eco citizenship, and the other echo is echo for ecoin, or echo for saying dollars because echo is um, the natural uh, dollar for African. <laughs> we, we call it echo. So the future and the dream here is, as African perspective, we are the most vulnerable or among the most vulnerable. The South integrate the global south i think are 
the most vulnerable on this specific um, uh, subject. As we say, saying that like more than 80% of emissions is, is due to the North, right? And at the, at the same time, we need to create wealth, we need to create jobs, we need to develop, right? And if we can have both saving the planet and going in this world when we not talk about any more poverty. I was in the SDG lab in, the, in, in Davos and that's what we, was do, we were saying. And to, to go for it, we just need action. We, we have to, to stop blah, blah. We need real actions. So the perspective here is that we wanted to take this moment and momentum to build up some really clear and concrete projects with the, 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 the good stakeholders like Carbon Growth and Olcott. Because, you know, I don't want to mention an institution, but, you know, since like two years, we are in the due diligence to have just like one million projects. And, 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 and this particular project we are talking about two months ago, and I am now in Baden-Baden to have the technical provider. So, you know, it, is really, it, it, will, be, it will go fast. So we don't have time. Time is a little we don't have. We have to implement and right now. And the future begins right now. And that's why, um, um, that's what I wanted to, 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 to say is that the future is to put, to, to behave echo and put echo in the pocket of the local communities. But in a, a, another way, we can say that we have to like build the concrete partnership have the shared common values to move things forward. That's what I wanted to say. Thank you, everyone. Um, I hope I hope all our interviews this optimistic and this forward thinking. I think it's uh, I think it's fabulous. So, uh, everyone, thank you very much for for your time. Um, we'll get this up on climate transformed uh, you know, straight away. And uh, everyone, th- everyone, have a wonderful uh, rest of your week, and we'll talk to you all soon. Thank you very much. Bye. Thank you. Thank you.